Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Take over. Y'all ready for the word tonight? We welcome those watching out of all of our campuses. Lift your Bibles high. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith. And faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. Shout it out. I am. All right, go to John chapter 10. We're going to look at that same scripture, John chapter 10. John chapter 10. If I was to give uh, our teaching today a subtitle, it would almost be finding the best out of the worst. John chapter 10, verse 10. When you got it, say, I have it. If you're still flipping, say, hold on, Bishop. All right, I'm going to wait for you. I'm going to wait for you. All right, John 10 and 10, you got it? The thief. Now, we already learned from part one that the thief is not the devil. The thief is anything that you allow to not let God be in first place. Which means you'd be married to the thief, you could be dating the thief, you could be driving the thief, you could be wearing the thief right now. The thief could be in your wallet. Got it? It's anything that puts God out of his proper place. The thief does not come to do what? Steal. I don't hear nobody do what? All right, so that's all the thief has the capacity to do. So hear me, there's nothing good about a thief. Even the ones that you have made yourself to love more than God. The only thing they can do is steal. What else? But now look at Jesus. Look at what he says. But I have what? Come. That they, what? May have life. And then, how does he want you to have it? More abundantly. He says, so a thief is coming with three intentions, but I'm come that you may have life and that you may have it or life. How? More abundantly. Now, now remember, what I love about this verse is he says more abundantly. You, you don't have to put more in front of abundant because abundant means what it means by itself. That's like saying uh, the very first. Well, you don't have to say the very first because the first intimates that it is the first. There couldn't be something to predate the first if the first is the first. Like you said, the first is the first. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
Now, I am come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. So say this, Lord, I choose life. And not just any measure of life. Abundant life. Now, I want you to look at somebody and tell them, you choose life. Because you sit next to me. You understand? Now, now we're going to do this again because, see, see, watch this. You know, the worst thing to life is a leech. And so, you know, leeches will come, and what do they do? They suck blood. What is blood? Life. So check your row. Get a good row check and say, this is the life row. Check it out. This is the life row. Just say, if you don't want life, please sit somewhere else. Please, please sit somewhere else. You ain't finna sit up here and suck all my life. Father, do what you do when you do what you do, how you do when you do it like you always do up in here. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Touch your neighbor say, the best is yet to come. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Uh, when we say, and again, I'm, I'm really picking up for where we were uh, with the best is yet to come, part one. Uh, when we're saying the best is yet to come, what we're saying is, Lord, we're thankful for eternal life. Because remember, there were four aspects, and we're going to review them tonight, uh, of what zoe or what life meant. But what we're saying is, God, we don't want to just see a quarter of what you suffered and died for. We want to see all of what you suffered and died for. Say the best is yet to come. Now, what I want to do is dive into the specifics of those four parts of Zoe. Uh, and for those of you that may not have been here, the word there, when we see John chapter 10 and uh, verse 10, I am come that they might have, in Greek, he would have said Zoe. I am come that they might have Zoe, not Zoe. I've come that they might have Zoe and that they might have Zoe more abundantly. Got it? Now, remember, we learned that in Greek, uh, we find that the words are a lot more, there's a lot more to the meaning than just the word we see in English. So in English, we see one word, life, but we understand that in Greek that we had four separate definitions for life, which meant life is far more uh, than you could ever think or imagine on your own. Which means that's why you got to be connected to God so that you can get God's plan and dream for your life because his plan and dream and vision for your life are far greater than yours could ever be because you only saw one word there and he spoke four things. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, now we're going to dive tonight and we're going to dive into the specifics of these four parts of what's that word? Zoe or what is it? Life. Now, remember, just so we're on the same page, we defined that the best was Zoe. So God's best for us was what he died for. He gave us his best, which was, was, was himself dying on the cross for us. That's his best. It does not get any greater than giving your life for somebody who half acts like they appreciate it anyhow. He gave us his best. Say, God, you gave us your best. Okay. So since he gave us his best, he paid for us to have his best. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, 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 he came that we what? May have it, not would have it, which means it's a what? Daily choice. Don't you sit up here and think that because you've become a Christian now, everything's just going to fall into place. Mm -mm. No, the way it works is once you become a believer, now you've got to make daily choices that are in pursuit of the best, and the best is life and life is Zoe. Y'all still in here? All right. Now, we're going to delve into that tonight. Now, all of Zoe requires action on our part. 
I love this. This is just so profound. It's so simple and so profound. I love it. What we believe is found in, come on, you know it, what we do. And what we do, what? Confirms what we believe. Okay, got it? So when you came in here, you sat in your seat because you believed that seat was going to hold you. You believed there wasn't nobody in here tampering with that seat because they knew you were going to sit in that seat. It was a conspiracy against you and your seat. You follow? So since you knew that, you operated with confidence in what you believed. Got it? So then when you believe that uh, God wants you to have the best or Zoe, you operate with confidence in your pursuit of it. So even when all of what's going on around you looks opposite of what it is you're actually pursuing, you don't get distracted by that because you've got confidence. I'm going to have exactly what he said I can have. He shouldn't have put it in here if I wasn't going to be able to have it. I, I wish there was somebody here. He, he shouldn't have told me it was an option unless he wanted me to have it. Because the way I am is when you reveal something to me, I'm going with it. When my train leaves the station, I'm here to tell you it's gone. When I read it, the train left the station, so we're gone. I, I just got to believe the word. Now, now, the best. Say the best. Now, let's just make sure we're all on the same page together. We're going to do a little quiz for your neighbor. The best is... Life, life is Zoe. How many parts to Zoe are there? Four. Y'all, y'all, I tell y'all are just geniuses, pure, unadulterated geniuses. Now let's look at the first part again. It's eternal life. When you become a believer and make a decision to follow Christ, you get eternal life. Here's what that means. You cannot be killed. You cannot be killed. Maybe I'm sobering some folks up or something. As a believer, you, you cannot kill a Christian. You, you, you can't do it. If someone is to pass away, you, you, what happened is they left the body. But to be absent from the body when you're a believer is to be present with the Lord. Which means you didn't hurt me. That was a promotion. Say eternal life. Okay, so it's real simple. No Jesus, death. Jesus, you live forever. So I'm not living to die. I'm living to live again. You got that? Touch your neighbor and say, I'm living to live again. Now, Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Now, check this out. Eternal life is a gift. You cannot earn it. You can't do enough stuff right to earn that. But you do have to show up to receive the gift. That's making a decision for Christ. That's salvation. Free gift. Free. Totally free. That's like God saying, meet me at the gas station. I'm going to fill your tank up. Now, <laughs> some of y'all like, thank you, Jesus. I received it. It's free. But now, if you don't drive to the gas station, tell my Lord, just I want to receive it from my house. You ain't going to get no gas. Amen. So it's the same thing when people say, well, I'm just going to serve God at my house. No, it don't work that way. You got to show up to get the gift. Oh, my God. I, I'm just going to serve God. You ain't got to go to church to be a Christian. Well, you ain't got to go to Burger King to like Whoppers. What the, what do those, those, those things have nothing to do with one another. You got to show up to receive a gift. 
And my Lord, just send it to my house. Just put it in one of them red containers and put it in my house. It ain't working like that. You got to go to the gas station and get the gift. You with me? All right, now, here's the, here's the second part. We, we, we get that part, right? If you, don't, if you haven't received your free gas, you're going to get it tonight. To my salvation. You <laughs> say, hey, man, I didn't know the church had a gas program, man. Y'all be going, I know how y'all do. You go in the bookstore. And Bishop just said, we got that free gas program. Now, where's my gas card? I didn't want to, don't, don't, I know how y'all do. So the second thing we looked at, one who is possessed with vitality. Yeah, have you ever seen, I like, uh, I like kind of like horror movies. And, 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 and let me be real clear. There's some people say, oh, you shouldn't watch rated R and horror movies. Well, if that's where you're at in your walk with God, where you watching Jason is, is going to mess you up serving the Lord, well, then you don't need to watch Jason. But where I'm at in my walk with the Lord, I'm all right. I just want to say that. Cause some, no, parents, if, you, if, you, if that's the rule, yeah, that's, the, that's the rule. Okay, in, in your house, parents, that, that's your rule. Okay, just so we clear. All right. But I like them. Just, okay, now. Okay, now, now, now what I'm saying is, uh, uh, you, you ever seen the ones where, where, they're, where they're, doing, they're doing like exorcisms and things? And you see these people possessed and they're doing all kind of crazy, they're bending back and y'all remember heads are spinning and vomits coming out of their mouth and the fingernails are scratching and breaking off and that's, that, okay, now, now. Now, when you think about that, those persons are possessed. That's what they're trying to be demonstrative of is a possession. Somebody that is not able to control themselves because something in them is controlling what's coming out of them. I'm going to help somebody. What's going on inside them is so much greater than what's going on outside of them that they're completely uh, 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 not even paying attention to what's going on outside of them. When a person, if you see in the movies, when they're acting possessed, they're not, sit down. They ain't listening to nobody saying sit down. The power of Christ compels you, and they start yelling and louder. If for those of you that have seen those kinds of movies. Right? Because what's going on inside of them is so powerful, what's going on outside of them is irrelevant. It's as if they could, not only are they uh, not paying attention to it, but what they're essentially saying is, if you think what you're doing out here is going to stop what's going on inside here, you got another thing coming. So check out what this definition means. One who is possessed with vitality. Which now remember, vitality is not life itself, but it's the capacity to live. It's the capacity to endure. Uh, which means this. Uh, when you got Zoe, somebody say Zoe. You're so possessed with God's goodness going on inside of you. You're so possessed with peace that surpasses all understanding. You're so possessed with joy that's unspeakable. And you should be sad and mad and depressed and suppressed and all that. But there's so much going on inside of you. You're looking at all these external things like you must not understand what's happening. On, I wish there was somebody that. You must not understand one who is possessed with the power to endure. 
Which means this, sometimes the best is wrapped in a bad situation. Which means this, sometimes the best is wrapped in bad hurt. But watch this, go to Acts 28. I want you to see something. Acts 28. We're going to look at a man. I love this passage of scripture. We're going to look at Paul. Everybody loves the Apostle Paul. He's, he's so deep and poetic and he's, 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 he's really got a, a real interesting story. Paul was one who used to kill Jews. He was perhaps a member of the Sanhedrin, which was the Jewish religious high council. And so Paul, when he's converted to begin serving Christ, all of the other Christians at the time, the apostles, they're saying, wait a minute, you were the same guy that not too long ago was persecuting us and killing us. And now you're sitting over here talking about you're one of us. They almost thought they were getting ready to be bamboozled, like he was getting ready to pull something on them because they didn't realize uh, that when Paul met Jesus, everything for Paul changed. Aren't you glad that when you met Jesus, things began to change in your life? Now, 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 here we are. Uh, the book of Acts is really Luke part two. Uh, Dr. Luke wrote... Um, wrote the book of Acts, and he really is detailing the acts of all the apostles at the time. Got it? Now, he's looking at Paul. He focuses his book on Paul because Dr. Luke was a Gentile. That means he was a non-Jew. And so now Paul, who's called to reach non-Jews, that's the particular apostle that Luke ends up highlighting. So we're in Acts 28. Y'all with me? We're in Acts 28, and Paul now has gone through hell, high water, Thunder, lightning, breakers dashing, uh, the billows rolling, all that stuff they sing them songs to, 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 uh, to demonstrate something real bad. Paul has been beat up. He's been killed. He's been locked up. He, he's been through everything. He's been called a liar, a cheat, a heartbreaker. Been, Paul's been through it. And Paul, in his journey, he was trying to get to Rome because Paul knew that if he could get to Rome to get the gospel to Rome, that it was spread throughout the entire kingdom. Got it? So Paul has a little bit of a shipwreck in Acts chapter 28. Now let's look at what he does. Acts 28, look at verse 1. Now, when they had, had escaped, they had found out that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of that rain was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fashioned to his hand. So check it out. He's shipwrecked. They get to this island called Malta. The people are nice. They're making them a fire. They're having a good time. Paul goes and he says, well, let's, man, we need a fire. Get some more wood. Paul's going to get some wood. He's doing right things. He comes doing the right thing, trying to get a fire for not just himself, but the people around him. And all of a sudden, a viper comes out on a strange island and fixes itself to his hand. Let, let me translate New King James because he makes it sound real, real nice. It bit him. Now, now, I don't know about you, but there's a couple of animals in the world that are not my particular favorites. There are a couple of animals in the world that, that, that uh, you know, God loves, you know, what he made. And we, we thank him for that. But they're not my favorites. You're not going to see me at Pet City buying one of them. One of those is a viper. 
Now, the scripture uses viper because they didn't have the ability to specify what kind of snake it was. But understand, in this particular region, it was more than likely a poisonous snake in this particular region uh, that they were in. So it's a poisonous snake that comes out because it's attracted, watch this, to the good thing he's doing. Vipers show up when you're doing good things. You, you missed what I, what I said right there. The good thing he was doing caused a viper to come out to see what was going on. And the viper knew he couldn't put out the fire or stop the fire. So what he figured he'd do was stop the one that was stoking the fire. See, there's good things that are happening in your life that Satan himself can't stop. There's good things that are happening in your life that your worst enemy can't stop. So they only figured the only way to deal with it is since they can't put the fire out, they're going to try to mess with you so you'll stop stoking the fire. Are y'all in this place? So look, verse 4. So when the natives saw the creature, watch this, hanging from his hand. Now check this out. The fact that it's now hanging means he had to stand up. It's not hanging if his hand's still down here on the floor. Got it? Paul stands up and the natives that were once nice to him are now saying, oh my gosh, do you see that snake hanging on that man's hand? <laughs> hanging. We don't know how big the snake was. We, 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 don't, we, don't know. We, don't, we don't know the species. We don't know that. We just know that that snake was determined to stop him because even when he stood, and he went from horizontal to vertical. He was still locked on. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer whom he thought he'd escaped the sea, yet justice doesn't allow him to live. They were saying, Oh, we see. You're getting what you deserve. You're getting, you're getting what you deserve because you're a murderer. That, that's what you are. Because you, remember, he had a shipwreck. And the other folks that were shipwrecked were, were, were folks that were more than likely murderers and things because he was a prisoner at the time. They said, oh, karma. You know, they, they, didn't, they didn't know about God's principles of reaping and sowing. So they had to, they had to come up with some worldly definition and, and try to make it spiritual. He said, karma's getting you. And watch what Paul does. I love what Paul does. But he shook off the creature. Notice the Bible doesn't even call it a viper anymore. It calls it a creature. Into the fire. And he suffered no harm. Now, remember, we're talking about being possessed with vitality, the power to endure. Paul stands up for this reason, to look at the thing. Paul says, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've been murdered before, and God brought me back. I've been falsely imprisoned before, and God got me out. I've been thrown out of places before. And God still got me out. So Paul said, let me get up. 
Because I need to look at who you think you are. Getting ready to try to mess with me. See, sometimes you got to look at the stuff that's coming at you. And you got to stand up on your two feet and look at it. Paul said, I want to look you square in the eye. Because you must not, come on here, know about me. After all I've been through. And all I've come through. And all I've made it through. If you think I'm going out like this. My God, I wish I had a church. If you think your little snake bite is going to mess with me. You think your nasty attitude is going to mess with me. You think being selfish is going to mess with me. You think that's going to mess. He looks at it. (laughs) I know how I looked at it because I know the region they were in. He looked at it like, <laughs> he looking over at the other guys like, you. when folk act crazy with you, that's what you ought to do with them, just, young people, somebody mess with you at school, don't get back with them, just, Paul was like, he walks over to the fire. Boop, 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 boop. And keeps on snapping. You know your neighbor's problem? Is they spend time talking to the snake when they're supposed to put the snake in the fire. You don't spend time talking to your doubt. You don't spend time talking to your fear. Whatever that viper is for you, you don't spend no time talking to it. You look at it and say, you think... Touch your neighbor and say, shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. And he suffered, watch this, no harm. Can I be very specific about what the Bible means when it says no harm? It is not just that the poison from the viper didn't kill him. See, because when you go through bad situations, there's poison that's released in those situations that, that the enemy would love to see you eat that poison because he knows that it'll poison you and then make you bitter. That's why you got to look at the viper and say, I'm not going to let this poison get on the inside of me. He suffered no harm. Not only did the poison not get in him, which means he's, he got better rather than bitter. Not only did the poison not get in him, but there were no holes to even indicate he had an experience with the snake. Which means you can go through a situation and come out of it and not look like what you've been through. Your neighbor looks real spiritual in this place of worship. But I'm here to tell you, God's been so good to them, they don't look like what they've been through. They've been through a lot worse than what they're showing on their face. But they learn how to shake that. I wish there was some shaking off people in this place tonight. Just do it with me. Just shake it. Just shake it one time. You get a bill that's unexpected. Don't, don't be sitting. No, look at it. The government sends you something. Don't be getting upset. Look at it. I just got the word. And the best is yet to come for me. So if you think you're going to ruin my day. Touch your neighbor and say, shake it off. He suffered no harm. Look at this. 
However, they were expecting, <laughs> they were expecting that he would swell up or certainly fall down dead. See, because it doesn't make sense how you can be so good after what you went through was so bad. So the people are saying, oh, he's going to fall out and die. Or he's going to swell up. He's going to get full of anger. He's going he's, he's to, that bite's going to swell up. He's going to die. Look, look, look at the Bible. But after they had looked at him for a long time. See, see, that's the reason why what you go through is not about you. It's about the audience God sets you in front of. Because they sit back saying, well, is he praising God now? But let's see. He's shouting and praising God now, but let's see. And the best part of your testimony is, keep watching. You ain't seen nothing yet. They looked at him for a long time. Touch your neighbor said long time. They looked at him for a long time, but guess what? He didn't fall down dead. So look, they said he must be a God. Here's what they didn't understand. The God that was in him had possessed him with vitality. So Paul says, I've got the power to endure. Because there's some enemies that God's not going to take away. You just got to last longer than them. You got to be like that energizer bunny. You just got to keep going. You got to keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. That's Zoe. Zoe doesn't mean the snake won't show up. Zoe means when it does, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to shake you off and no harm's going to come to me. Here's the third thing. I move. Here's the third thing. The third thing that Zoe means. Remember, the absolute fullness of life. Both what? Essential and ethical. Give it to you again. The absolute fullness of life. See, there it goes again. Absolute fullness. Fullness by itself means what it means. You don't have to put absolute in front of it. The absolute fullness of life, both essential and ethical. Now, remember, essential means what you need. But God says, I don't want you to just have what you need. Got it? I want you to have what's right for you to have. That's ethical. Do you get this? Go to 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. I want you to see this. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. What we're doing is we are changing your mind. That's what we're doing. Scripture says that it, the renewing of your mind would produce great benefits. And so what we have to do is renew your mind. Renew. Make your mind new. Because life programs us with the opposite of life. It programs us with death. So let's just look. If, if, if the opposite of life is death, then, then what would that mean? Well, for the first thing, it would mean no eternal life, no salvation. Got it? But the second thing would mean that you don't have the power to endure. That, that's, that's why, watch this. Whenever, I, I, you say this a lot. Whenever you go through hell, you need to make it pay. Some of y'all been through so much stuff, you, you got a few books in you. You have a series of lifetime mini-movies. Make it pay you. Now, don't do that. I'm just so glad I'm out of that. No, I got some out of that. See, you don't get to put me through nothing and not pay me for what you put me through. 
the absolute fullness of life, both essential and ethical. Now, I want you to make this confession because we've got to change your mind. We've got to change your mind to be what his mind is. Let this mind that was in Christ be in you also. What was his mind? I want you to have essential and ethical. The absolute fullness. Say, Lord, Lord I, receive I receive by faith, by faith. The, essential the essential and the ethical, and the ethical. Absolute, fullness absolute fullness of life. Of life. In your Bible, I mean, it was here before you got here. Now, look at this. Uh, you got that 2 Corinthians 8, 9? For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, who's your? Us. He became what? Poor. That through his what? You might become. You see that word before become? Might. Do you see that? He says, he became poor in every sphere of life. It wasn't just a financial peace. It wasn't just an emotional peace. It wasn't just the soul peace. In every passable facet of life, he became the opposite of what you want so that you could have what he had. Got it? But the condition is you might get it. So here again, we have another choice. You can sit back in the seat of I'm waiting on God if you want to. Or you can get in the seat of, he already told me what he wants me to have. So there's some stuff I don't have to wait on God for because he already told me what he wants me to have. Can I tell you the number one enemy to some of the things that God's promised you is this saying right here, if it's in your will. Well, let's just for a moment look at what the Bible is. We have what's called an Old Testament. A New Testament, the Brit Shahadashah. These two testaments make up the Bible, which we call the canon of Scripture. Uh, These uh, scriptures were, the Scripture teaches us, given by God by divine inspiration, which meant God wrote this to us. So, what did He write us? He wrote us His last will and testament. So if I need to know his will, it ain't deep and mysterious. I just got to get into the last will and testament. I just got to read it. You understand that? It's, it's, It's not deep. It's not mysterious. Now look what he says. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake, our sake, he became poor, that through his poverty you might become what? Rich. Now say, God, I just read, you want me to be rich. Now, 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 before the train leaves the station, let's define rich. Let's define rich. Because a lot of people think, if I just had more money, I submit to you that you'd still be in the same situation. Uh, a broke fool and a rich fool ain't no different because you're still a fool. And a, and a rich fool just going to make a bigger mess. You ought to, can, can I be real with somebody in here? You ought to be glad God didn't give you that big windfall you were looking for because you were a fool at that time. And had he given it to you, you would have messed it up. You ought to be thankful. Sometimes God blocks stuff. 
You ought to be thankful when he blocks certain things. Now, rich means, it's you know this word, shalom. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken, all is well. Which means for you, rich might be what you're doing right now. You understand that? Okay. Uh, For your neighbor, rich might be they need a million dollars to do what God wants them to do. (laughs) It must be I receive it. (laughs) You understand that? The worst thing you can do is get fixated on thinking that it's all about money. Because I promise you, you know, people used to have this saying that uh, money can't buy you happiness. Well, neither can not having money buy you happiness. However, if you can't learn to enjoy life without, you'll be like a crack fiend that you need a bigger fix time after time after time after time after time after time after time. Didn't say that. Okay, say, Lord, I read your word. I choose the rich plan. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. All is well. That you might become rich. Which means you have to choose it. Which means, let me be real practical. Let me be real practical. You have to choose to do a good job on your job. You have to choose to be a good student. Real quiet right there. Got it. You, you, you have to choose to be loyal. You have to choose to be faithful. Those are cho- you have to choose to have a budget. You have to choose to put God first. Those are choices that we make. And you know one of the most disappointing things for me when, 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 when I uh, talk, and talk pastors and people around the country and things, and they always say, well, the devil is just busy. And the devil is just attacking and I said, now, can you just explain to me where he's at in that? Because the way I calculate that, you did that, you did that, and you did that, and you did that. Now, where did he have any involvement in that? You cannot give Satan more credit than you give your God. I got a new saying for you. God show is busy. The Lord show is blessing. That's what you ought to be confessing. Get that devil talk up out of your mouth. He don't have it like that. Read your word. I got a new saying that Lord so is busy. It used to get me, you know, people say, you know, the devil so is busy, but that's God. That's a paradox. Fourth thing, and I'm through. Fourth thing. Fourth thing. The fourth definition for what? Zoe, which means life, which is the best. Vigorous in your devotion to God. And remember, it just summed it up as blessed. Vigorous in your devotion to God or blessed. Now go to Job 38. Job 38. Vigorous in your devotion to God. Just a couple of questions. Are you more passionate when you get your check than you are when you worship God? I'm, no, I'm just asking questions. 
Are, are you more passionate and full of zeal when you get a call with some good news than you are about the good news? Are, are, you, are you more devoted to your dysfunction than you are to your God? Well, how would I know the answer to that, Bishop? It's real simple. Because you keep choosing your dysfunction over your God. That, that's how you know. Are you here? Now, now look at this. Vigorous in your devotion to God. Vigor, we discovered from part one, meant energy. High energy output. Got it? It's like five-hour energy plus Red Bull plus everything else and vitamin B and B12 and ginkgo below, everything you can put together. Okay? Vigorous in your devotion to God, which means God gets not only the best of me, but God gets my highest output. Now, now let's look at this. Uh, where did I tell you to go? Job 38. Now look at 2. Look at verse 2. Job 30, verse 2. We looked at this scripture uh, a little bit ago, but this scripture is, is just, it's so profound. Look at it. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now prepare yourself like a man. I'm going to question you and you're going to give me some answers. Sometimes God will allow your devotion to be tested to see if your devotion is lip service or if your devotion is heart service. You don't know whether or not you have love until it's tested. You don't know whether or not you have faith until it's tested. You don't know whether or not you have peace until it's tested. You don't know whether or not you have joy until it's tested. So sometimes in order to discover if you're operating in vigor with your devotion to God, God says, I'm going to let your devotion be tested. Now look at Job. Scripture says that Job was a blameless man. He was upright. He was a wealthy man. He was a prosperous man in the land that he was in. And all of a sudden, Satan walks up. They're having a meeting of the angelic host, and Satan walks in. And God says to Satan, Satan, uh, where have you been? Oh, I've been all here and there. You know, went to five guys, stopped over at the mall. Had to pick up some gifts for one-third of the angelic host that you put out with me. And, and, and God says, out of the blue, they're not even talking about individuals. And out of the blue, God says, have you considered my servant, Job? Just out of the blue. That's like you talking with somebody about what the weather is, and they're just saying, did you see that Bronco game? Well, what does that have to do with the weather? I did see the game. Say what you want, but they're winning. Which means I'm a fan right now <laughs> now look at this look at this God brings his name up out of the blue and God says to him God says to him God says have you considered my servant Job and, and then Satan responds but does Job fear you for nothing watch this is Job devoted to you for just no old reason is just is Job devoted for you just because you are he says you and I both know that you have a head erected around Job now that wasn't true because if God had a special hedge around Job, then that would make God a respecter of persons. So the hedge that Job had was the same hedge you and your neighbor have right now. 
What is a hedge? It's just a boundary of protection. See, there's some stuff that, that even what folk want to do to you, God won't let them do to you. There's a hedge around you. That's why they, were, that's why they used to say, we thank God for danger seen. Come on, finish the laugh. And unseen. Because there was some stuff you didn't even know was getting ready to go down. But God said, I got a hedge of protection around you. You didn't know what the executives were meeting about, but I put a hedge around you. I wish there was. It's a hedge. And God says, behold, all that he has, I'm paraphrasing, send your hand. Do what you want. Can't take his life, but you can do whatever else you want to do. Then it goes down like this. Day one, Job loses everything. Could you imagine? You think you've been through some stuff. Could you imagine losing everything? All of his children dead one day. All of his possessions gone one day. All of it gone one day. Only thing God left him with was his crazy wife. And I think God left her as a test. See, sometimes God will leave people, God will leave sandpaper in your life sometimes to just refine you. Sometimes God will leave somebody that's like, please get them out of it because he's rubbing you down, working on you. Because she says, well, you ought to just curse God and die. She's crazy. That's crazy. Anybody that tells you you ought to forget God and do something else, they're crazy. And let me help you understand, anybody that tries to pull you out of the worship of God and pull you out of church and come do this with me and come on, I'm here to tell you, they crazy. Now, watch this. Day one, he loses everything. They have another meeting. And uh, God says to Satan, hey, how's that working out? Job, after all of that, he fell down and worshipped me. On that day when Job lost everything, Job didn't start cussing. He, he didn't act a fool. He didn't call his attorney. He, he didn't call his doctor. He didn't call his chiropractor. He fell on his knees, the Bible says, and he worshipped. Now, let me tell you, that's devotion. When you can lose everything and still fall on your knees and worship. I bet, I'm here to tell you that was some powerful worship. That wasn't no five minutes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. No, he, Job went in. Let me translate for those of you not familiar with what going in means. Job got up there to that third heaven and said, God, I need some answers. You... Satan says, how's, uh, God says, how's that working out for you? He says, well, listen, listen, uh, you know, come on, God. You know, you didn't let me touch his body. Because if you let me do that, I promise you he'll curse you to your face. God says, okay. Day two. Boils break out all over Job's body. Job's going through it. And from chapter two to several chapters later, you see Job going through. And Job had three friends, and his three friends would come in, and they, they were giving Job bad information. See, when you're going through tough situations, you need to be careful about the information you share and disseminate. Because sometimes people in their effort to help, they'll actually hurt. Because what they'll want to do is get you out of the pain, not understanding that it's the pain that's going to bring out the best. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now watch this. As, as he's going through this, then they get to chapter 38. Because Job's been saying, God, listen, I, the thing I feared upon me has come, come, is come, thing I feared the most has come upon me. God, why don't you just let me die? Job, Job stopped saying, why, why did you even let me be born? I'm just, just kill me. Just get rid of me. And God says, I've had enough of this, Job. And look at God's answer. This is his answer. 
He says, prepare yourself like a man. Now, now see the check that's hidden in there. Uh, a check, let me translate, uh, means telling somebody about themselves. Look at the check. Now, Job's a man. God says, <laughs> look, bruh. Prepare yourself like a man. Which meant God was saying, right now, you're acting like a not man. <laughs> and this was Bible college. I say how I want to say it. But this, this, this ain't that. I ain't going to do that. God was checking him. God has a way of telling you about yourself. He says to Peter, who he calls his friend, get behind me, Satan, for you know not the things of God. Imagine being on Jesus' staff and Jesus walks in out of the meeting and said, Satan, get behind me. Don't even, don't even walk next to me. Get over here because you ain't even spiritual. Now, where's the report from last night's crusade? <laughs> Judas, where that money? J j go get Judas. Why is he back in there? John, go, go, go get, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do something. Go get him, John. God has a way of telling you about yourself. He says to Job, Job, right now, you're not even acting like a man. So he says, I tell you what I want you to do. Prepare yourself like you're one. Even if you don't feel like you're one right now, fake it. <laughs> Prepare yourself like a man. Which means, ladies, God says to you, sometimes... I wish I had a witness. Sometimes, ladies, God says, you're going to have to prepare yourself like a man. Don't be sitting here, well, if I had a husband. Well, baby, you better be good. You got what you got. So you better get up and make it do what it do. Well, if I had one, well, you don't. So get up and prepare yourself like a man. That's your neighbor say, get like a man. Get like a man. Prepare, prepare yourself like a man. Young people, well, I'm not a man. You better prepare yourself like you're one. Mama, can I have some money? I tell you what, go start your business and you can give your mama some money. How about that? I wish that's the kind of young men and young ladies we're raising up in this church. Well, they ain't got to ask mama for nothing. It mama, but you mama. Yeah, mama. Mama, get me a car. How about you buy her one? Mama, help me get a place. Get her one. Are you here? Prepare yourself like a man. I'm through. And I'm going to ask you some questions. And you're going to answer me. What do you do when God starts asking you questions through tough circumstances? What do you do when your circumstances get real tough and God starts? Because when stuff gets tight, God's asking you something. When pressure comes in, God's asking you something. He's saying, now I want to see all of this. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to see it. Let me see it. That's what he does. He plays chess with himself. He has no enemy, so he plays chess with himself to position you for the greatest wins in life. He says, he says, he says, okay, oh, you, 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 the best is yet to come. Yes, Zoe, wonderful. I want to see it. What you going to do when everything goes wrong? What are you going to do and what you planned on doing? You're going to have to modify that plan. I want to see what you're going to do. Oh, what, what say? What say? say? Say again. What do you do when 
God starts asking you questions through your tough circumstances. And here's what you do, and I'm through. Either you can shut down. Shut down means this is overwhelming. It's just too much. I just can't do it. Now listen, we've all had moments where we felt like that. So, so, so let's just be real. Your neighbors had moments where they felt like, God, I just can't do it. This is too much. Where they pulled off on the side of the road and put the car in park and just started having a breakdown. Everybody had that moment where they just put the phone over there because they didn't want to answer it. And then they go and had a thing over here. Everybody had those moments. You can sit in here and act like you haven't had those moments. Everybody's had those moments. Got it? That's what, you can shut down if you want to. God, it's just so hard. Now, God already told you, act like a man. Man up. Which means, ladies, I'm just so emotional. God already told you, act like a dude. You better walk in that tough situation. You better walk in there like you mad dog or cute dog or somebody. You better start barking or something. You better act like a dude. It's the Bible. That ain't me. That's the Bible. Look, I mean, it's different. He told you to act like a dude. Don't take that too far. All right. <laughs> says, he says, man up. Is what he says. He says, he says, listen, stop all that. Stop all that. What are you going to do about it? So you can shut down if you want to. You know what the second thing you can do? You can get offended if you want to, too. God, if you loved me. God, if you really cared about me. God, how is it I'm doing right by you and it just don't seem like you're doing right by me? You can get offended if you want to. But he already told you. Act like a dude. You can get offended if you want to. You can get offended when, when, when you get the truth about yourself and you're, you're forced to change. You can get offended if you want to. But that word was just, he didn't have to say it like that. I just don't know if I'm going to be back. Okay. <laughs> you still got to act like a dude. <laughs> you ain't facing me now one bit. I'd much see, I'm not into building weak cookie cornflake believers. What I'm into is building believers that can go to hell and come back looking at ice cream chrome. Been there, done that, got that t-shirt. I can, I can weather that. I'm not even worried about that. I didn't need no prayer for that. I was good. Or you can do this. You can change. You can shut down. You can get offended or you can change. People change one or two times when they learn enough that they want to or they hurt enough that they have to. I don't know about you, but I'd prefer to be one of those people that changes from learning. I don't need to keep putting my hand on the stove to figure out it's going to burn me. I don't need to do that. I did that once and I figured it out. Say, Lord, I choose the best for my life. Stand on your feet with me. You get this word? Now how many of you, you got your list done? 
Your stop doing list. Okay, so let's do list by list. How many you got your stop doing list done? All right, good. How many you, you, you got your refocus list? All right, how many you got your, your celebrate list? How many you got all of them? All right, that's what we're talking about. If you don't, you got to get those done. You got to get those done. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have come that we might have Zoe. Well, I'm speaking to a church of people that will have Zoe. And I'm going to take it another further, that do have Zoe. The evidence is the fact that they're still standing. I speak life into every single harvester. I speak life into them. I speak God's best into their life. And declare that when they're confronted tomorrow with the choice of death or life, Zoe, or the antithetical response to Zoe, I pray that they would choose Zoe. They choose life. In Jesus' name. With your head bowed and eyes closed very quickly, if you don't know Jesus, you don't even have a quarter of the life we were talking about. But tonight, you get the opportunity to get that. And if you don't know Jesus, this is your opportunity to come to him. He's not mad at you. He's not angry with you. Over 218 people already this year have made that same decision that you may need to make right now. And if you need to make that decision, you can do it tonight. Secondly, maybe you were walking with God, but you fell away from him and you want to get back in right standing with God, right relationship with God. This is your opportunity to do that as well. He's not mad. He's not angry. He's not trying to beat you up. He, he just told you, I came that you might have life. God's not sitting here trying to throw you down. He's trying to lift you up. And if either one of those is you tonight with your head bowed and eyes closed, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. Throw your hand up. Why do we have to throw our hand up? Because we're going to put something in that hand. But when that hand goes up, don't you worry because you're going to be surprised by the great celebration that takes place around you from other people that have already made the same decision you might be making right now. If that's you, raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. If that's you, raise that hand and we're celebrating you. We're celebrating you. Hallelujah. I said we're celebrating you. We're celebrating you. We're celebrating you. Hallelujah. Everybody say this to me. Father, thank you that you died that I might have life. I choose it in Jesus' name. Thank you for dying in my place. I confess my sins before you. And thank you that they're washed away. In Jesus' name, would you celebrate God? Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.